What's up, Chase? What's up, man? How you guys doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. I'm pretty excited for this. And of course, next to Chase is uh, the quarterback of the of, of this. Um, he is Daddy. Thank you for buying some of my drinks the other night. Thanks so much, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen. The very the very great the very funny Greg Alperin. What's up, buddy? Hey, everybody. Yeah, today's awesome. I'm really super psyched to get into this because I'm very curious as to this new wrestling promotion. I went to. Uh, AEW last week out here in Connecticut, and it was pretty cool. So, super jazzed to, to have EC3 on. This is pretty wild. It is very cool. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, uh, our guest uh, for this podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for a 30 minute time with, please welcome the very great, the very athletic, the very sexy EC3, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just what's say up, right up baby? Hey, yeah, great intro. Nice to talk to you guys. Um, like I have this theory that two of the hardest things to do in entertainment are one in wrestling is being a uh, a white meat baby face they call it like a guy <laughs> sure. you're supposed to be liked but no one knows who you are so they everyone's immediately hates you and you're like thrown to the wolves and you're like come on cheer for me and people are like why I don't know you and then the the hardest thing though stand up comedy so you live or die on your own out there one microphone one light. You know, it's a it, it it's scary to think of the nerves that go into stand up comedy and like you sink or you swim. So I respect the I respect the hell out of that. No, I respect what you do, bro. Like you have to like exercise and shit. Like that's crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. Like yeah. on a regular basis, like, you know, like, you watch what you eat and stuff like that. Like that's yeah. like the mind control, but also you're selling a character. Like that's insane, yeah. man. Like, I love that, bro. You know yeah, what I mean? I Plus you have like marks you have to hit. You know, not only do you do the lines, but you there's so much more physicality and stuff. Like I have just the most amount of love and respect for what you do, bro. Like that's crazy to me that's crazy well, a, a mutual admiration for each other's abilities and i appreciate that i guess that's one thing if i was a stand-up comedian on the road i wouldn't have to pack chicken and rice and <laughs> wake up go to the gym and i can just kind of you know hang out I with mean, some, some of your other cohorts i know uh step into a little you know dolph ziggler uh is in the stand-up yeah. realm um i don't his brother, uh, obviously Mick Foley, uh, doing it as well. Rob Van Dam did it for a little bit. Um, I will say this. There is a gimmick and there's a character to it. So the crowds that they get, um, they're not the same as regular audiences. They are, they're truly wrestling fans over there. And if, uh, I mean, I, you know, Greg and I are not comedians. We just kind of suck um, all the money off of you guys, really. That's really what, what our job is to do. <laughs> kind of, but uh, yeah, yeah, we're very Dixie Carter, Mince McMahon over here <laughs> it's all that comedy money comedy money being just <laughs> falling out of people's pockets throw it out the sky god yeah um but no it's it's funny it's like i've watched some of these guys do comedy and even like jake the snake and i'll be honest with you i don't think it's very good i mean no. that's just me i mean i mean I'll, I'll, i'm gonna shoot on it right now i don't like dolph did dolph did his comedy central and i thought it was is for um i've seen mick foley do his stand-up and all it is is that all he does is just try to get pops and you know sometimes it breaks down away it same the same reason when when, when a youtube star tries to come into our realm like you need somebody like a chase that's been there for years that's going to kind of like do well and one of the great things is you know uh ec is that what you're doing right now uh is fucking so good and it's it's amazing i i was i happened to watch it last night and ladies and gentlemen if you're not familiar with it control your narrative which has um uh your where's your what, you have another event coming up in orlando is that correct yeah the orlando three five uh we actually just sold out general mission so i'm not gonna have to work yeah yeah VIP is still available but you know i don't have to work the board <laughs> The uh, the wrong end of a glory hole to pay off the boys afterwards. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's John's language. Hey, you're speaking my language, Derek. <laughs> and, then, and then the question is: Is there even a wrong end? But we can get to that later. <laughs> as long as you're at the other end, EC3, there's no wrong end. <laughs> Three five is going to be the first time we're bringing kind of this concept into an audience like a live audience a wrestling audience so it's very interesting it's going to be a little more traditional than the 
project we've uh, presented prior, but after we uh, do this live event, we're going back in the lab. We're going to create a third feature based on control your narrative. That's going to kind of move us into the next phase, which is our affirmated television deal, which is not announced yet, but that's what kind of got all the buzz is that I announced a TV deals imminent. So I got, you know, cause I knew it's, it's hard when you do something new and it, like you mentioned with Dolphin Foley doing stand-up comedian comedy, like going into a different realm and trying something new. Wrestling fans are very particular about what they already know. And I think a lot of fans of any genre are very particular about what they already know. So trying to break the mold, pop the bubble a little bit, getting that buzz is uh, difficult. So I had to resort to some propaganda, but it's based in truth. Sure. So. There is a lot. And I, I, I happen to watch it. There's a, there's this kind of feel that it is a documentary. It's yes. like dark side of the ring meets um, cause there's no commentators. There's no referees and it's shot really like, like, like cinematically as well. Um, and I love that you know that there's some there's there's twists and turns off the top like you have that jobber that wins its first match and yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to, to break it away but like i love the idea that it's all about that strength and it's all about kind of that realism but i love how you're combining it but as 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 a regular wrestling fan it can be daunting to watch something like that what makes it what why 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 undertake you know such a a, a creative turn uh to what regular wrestling fans are used to you know i mean personally it came down to being in the wwe the pandemic hits they fire us all and this is like another time where you know we're gears and machine to a corporation and uh you know even being there and we can talk about and people do, oh, so miserable, there's no this, there's no that, whatever. You have a great paycheck and a great opportunity to entertain, but you do it on somebody else's terms, whether it's Vince or the writers underneath them or the 83 cooks in that kitchen. Like, nobody gets to create for themselves. And we were in a pandemic. I had 90 days to kind of uh, figure out what I wanted to do as far as a character. So I thought I'd just try to create it all myself as opposed to rely on the next corporate wrestling entity I would be at, whether it's an AEW, a Ring of Honor, an Impact. I wanted to create something unique and see it all the way through. But upon doing that, it kind of it, it, it freed me in a way that I want to give that opportunity to other people. So that's what started doing a, an original feature. And then that's what attracted uh, Adam Share to us, Braun. It's like he was so engaged by the feature we created that he was like, man, someday I want to do this. And it's like, you're a top guy in the WWE and you want to do this. That's, that's inspiring. But the next day we talk about it, he gets released. So the first thing we do is like, well, let's do it. And so that's what made the second take place. And now all of a sudden we're, it's, it's like a, having a good demo and a good album. We put it out there, you know, yeah, let's and all the, now, let's see all, the, all the record labors uh, want you now, and you're, you're on way to do a, a TV deal. This is fucking awesome, dude. Now, well, now, well, when, when, when you say a feature, what 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 did you do? What did you do? I just want to make sure everybody's caught up on. Okay. I would I would consider a feature because I don't like using the term. We made a movie about wrestling because wrestling and movies, like it, it didn't make sense to me, but it was very cinematically shot. Yeah. But at the same time, with the shooting wrestling cinematically, nobody was really doing that. But there was this thing called a cinematic match that was becoming popular. Mm. It was kind of like, it was kind of goofy bullshit. Like all of a sudden wrestlers have magic powers and shit like that. Where I always wanted cinema, I wanted wrestling shot cinematically, but I wanted to make sure the wrestling was as realistic as possible. And then the people performing it, I want to know their stories because you look at, I've met some of the most interesting people in the world of professional wrestling throughout my life. But when the red light turns on, like they go away and they become what they think they're supposed to be or what somebody else wants out of them. And I'm like this dynamic, engaging person who's like so fun to go to the bar with afterwards and has all these interesting stories is like run of the mill, paint by numbers, pro wrestler when the light, you know, the red light's on. I just want to provide freedom for people to explore themselves and try to be who they really are within it. So features, features are movies, I guess we could say. And then another thing about the TV thing, it's not going to be 
how TV is done for professional wrestling. One hour, two hour live audience, you know, commentators, ring announcers, backstage segments. The TV show, it's going to be like a series, sort of a Netflix kind of binge, eight to 10 episodes, where the end payoff would be a live show where all the stories culminate and then we do it again. That's pretty cool. Why, why do you think that some guys, you know, have that personality out, you know, when the red light's off and then when it goes on, you know, they, it's not, it's not the same or, you know, just a dumbed down version or a, a weaker version of the, what they truly are. Uh, fear for their jobs that huh. get like getting by is more important than being who you are. Wow. And I get that too, because, you know, uh, the liaison from your creative idea to the person that's making the final decisions. There's a lot of people to go through to get there and it's, it's never what you want it to be. So there is some compromise, but it seemed lately in wrestling that the compromise is completely gone. And we are at the whims of just one person in control of it all. Right. And you know, you don't have that relationship where they know who you truly are. Sure. Or they make a judge, you know, your boss is going to make a judgment on you. Sees you one thing. Ah, I think he's a, I think he's this. He, like for me, if you knew my career prior to my second run in the WWE, spoiled rich kid, cool as hell, great character, looks awesome, so ripped, so handsome. Vince saw me do one promo on on like tape once, and he's like, oh, I think he's a weatherman. Like, and you know what? <laughs> But once that's ingrained in him, it's hard to break. And sure. I probably didn't do a good enough job to convince him that. But it's funny, EC3, uh, there's that classic Epa moment where you're shown in a backstage segment and you're just holding that red solo cup. And yeah. is that that how much how much reality? I mean, I, I can see all like wrestle talk and all those guys saying, like this is him. This is him saying no to everything. Is there truth yeah. to that? Or were you just? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's saying no to it, but it is, it was a minor act of rebellion in a sense that who I know and what I'm capable of doing in my head, even if I'm a character or the real person, a character who's claiming to be this brash, rich, arrogant stud is chasing around a dumb title and he's in these dumb things. Like he would have a drinking problem, wouldn't he? <laughs> like there should be some, like, there should be some. <laughs> some consequences to how how fall how far he's fallen in his in his life and his career so it's not nobody said hey grab a red cup and act like you're just mad at the world i just know that shit's live and if i get a second of live tv i can do what i want i'm gonna have a red cup and be miserable and then, you know what nobody knows what segments that happened in but people can still talk about oh yeah he had the red cup and you know that's Another thing was is my insane uh, psych psycho boy attitude is that I can make a cup popular. Imagine what I can do with free reign over myself. Sure. Right. Wow. Yeah, man. I so, mean, essentially, go ahead, Chuck. No, I was going to say, like, I mean, that. It, so, are you in the new promotion? Are you? You know, taking you know, because you've been in a, a bunch of different you know wrestling promotions through the years, and you know the of the bigger the big ones. Are you taking some of all the good and bringing that to what you're doing, or are you just going just full on your own thing and and taking this to a different direction? Yeah, and it's you know it's definitely a work in progress because now I'm wearing a lot of hats as opposed to just a talent with a bunch of creative ideas. Sure, it's fairly fairly decent because now I'm I don't know helping produce the matches and the vision I'm writing. Uh, my buddy JC has been directing, but we create these things together. So I'm um, talent liaison, making sure people are where they need to be. And what do you want to do? And who are you? And if a talent's going to come to us, I like to psychoanalyze them a little bit because maybe they don't know who they are until they have this long form discussion. And we see, you know, ask some questions like, like a Matt Taven, for instance, I'm like, why do you love the color purple? And he, mentioned why he loved it. And then we incorporate that in the story of his match and free the narrative too. It's just the love of the color purple, why he has it. And it's like what it meant to him. And I thought that was just an interesting way to look at things. So taking the good purple creative freedom in wrestling is if you give everybody hundred percent freedom, everybody wants to be the champion. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to you know be the best. And that's just not possible. Sure. But having the, ability to create within 
the realm you presented, how you want to be and get where you're going was a good thing I've taken from places. And I just try to organize it and make sure I have the right talent. I know I do that each person knows what we're all doing together. And that's creating something as opposed to egos and paychecks. <laughs> There's no money. I assure you that yeah. egos and paychecks and things of that nature. Like this is their creative release. Because at the end of the end of the day, there's no amount of money. If you're a creative person, that's enough. If you're not fulfilled in what you're doing. Oh, 100%. Wow. Yeah, man. I love that. So I love that. Who, so of the roster that you guys have right now, like how did you bring them all together? It seemed like, because when we started the, the first feature, I love Matt Cardona. I've known him a long time, you know, we're like-minded, but we're also very different. And I thought with the character I was presenting and where he was going and who he was, he was kind of the yin to the yang. He was the ultimate opposite of me, bizarro me in a sense, where we're very similar, but very different. So I reached out to him about it. He's into the project and now he's doing fantastic. But uh, he's the top heel right now. I mean, the way that you and like, like the way that you took it from the feature, you know, and then kind of did that back and forth storyline that yin to that yang. And then now seeing him and what he's doing, like it's incredible. You know what I mean? I I mean, you're you're almost like a starting point. You're recreating characters that were supposed to be known as X, Y, and Z. And now you're bringing them into this whole new space. And sorry if I'm answering the question for you, man. Well, I think Matt, like Matt's having this amazing success. It has nothing to do with us, what we did, but in a story context. And I think when control your narrative and free the narrative is seen as the new TV deal launches and people are looking back at it because it was very under the radar. People will see, oh, this guy went from here. He went through this process with this psychopath, and then he became that. And that's like a cool Easter egg. By no means am I taking credit for what he's doing. That's all him, and he's doing fantastic. But I think that's a cool story thing. And that's another thing with the narrative, providing that platform for people to reinvent themselves, how they want to be seen. And maybe it works, and maybe it doesn't. But getting the talent, a lot of people just reached out saying, Hey, I like what you're doing. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty impressed with what's going on. I'm like, do you want to do it? Like, really? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And there's another, like a John Schuyler in impact. We used him in the first one. I've known him. He's a great wrestler, but he was kind of on the Indies forever. Tears his ACL blows out his knee on an indie show, like that's something he's got to pay for. That puts him out of work for no money. There's no guarantee. He has no contract that's paying him while he's injured. So that's a rehab process coming out of pocket and you can't work like that. That sucks. But then using that story within the narrative afterwards, he's signed an impact. He's killing it. Like not taking responsibility for that success. That's just another story of the freedom for him to create. Maybe opened his own eyes to himself and put him in the right position to do that. And you wrote him as the latter in, in, in the, in the original feature. I mean, he succumbed to his own issues on his knee and he lost. And it's, 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 it's crazy that you're taking these big ideas and these big characters and you're hyping them up only to see them fucking fall flat on their face again. Almost. It seems like, well, two, what I've noticed, and I don't know if this is happenstance or what is, uh, the loser within the match usually has the better story. And by kind of placing it in a world like, like this is, this is a, it's a fight club knockoff. Let's not be fucking crazy. Like it's obviously super inspired by that. The wins and the losses don't matter as much as the process of finding yourself through a fight and who you become afterwards. Kind of the message, if you will. Right. So John, by the way, when you were talking about stand up you know, wrestlers who went into stand up, you, you might have forgot the the biggest of them all that sort of does fly under the radar, which is uh, Piper. You know, and oh, he, yeah. you know, he, yeah, Piper did it for a and, little bit. And he you know, he was doing it at the comedy store. And 
um, you know, worked with Steve Simone to develop an act. So he, he really went for it and had some good success, you know, in a short lived amount of time, but he, he might be the biggest that actually tried it. Uh, I haven't seen, but in my, in, in my experience, I have not seen anybody that has been able to succeed to cross over into our world, even writers. Um, we had uh, the big story, obviously uh, this is actually probably why you were still with, uh, with, with the company was Kenny Mobley was on a pod. was a writer for the WWE. And she had said on a podcast that she didn't even know who the, um, who the champion was. And, she has, I mean, it was, it was such a, a slap in the face to the industry and like the people that are paying you. But at the same time, I'm like, Denise, you don't have to be so cool. I know that you're a wrestling fan. Do you know what I mean? So I haven't seen anybody kind of make that jump over and whatever way it was and really do well. Um, but yeah. humor, humor does seem to act. I mean, go ahead, EC. Yeah. I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm going to, I'm going to word vomit here, but humor, Human wrestling isn't funny. When they try to be funny, it's not funny. Right. And uh, but when it's entertaining, it's funny. And there's a there's a shtick, this fucking line in wrestling said by people in offices. It's like funny don't make money. And I'm like, I don't know. I fucking see Jerry Seinfeld's life. He's doing okay. You know. <laughs> so, but I think I think there's this. Uh, Did nobody prep him that we don't talk about Jerry on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Jerry and I do not get along. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> oh shit. Sorry. <laughs> no, but there's a stigmata with comedy, but also the comedy written by a 75 year old man isn't funny to people that are, you know, comedians are very self-deprecating, you know, and we're kind of, I don't know why I said we, but I am, we're all kind of deranged and miserable people too. And that's like comedy could be our crutch, which is another story I want to visit in the narrative is people that in wrestling portray this comedic side. They're truly the most damaged of us all. You know, there's fucking real life jokers out there, but comedy. Yeah. Funny. Don't make money. Yes, it does. But the thing about comedy is when you try to be funny, it's not funny, but when you're entertaining in a humorous scenario, some of the best comedy out there. Sure, absolutely, man. It's some of the man I've I've seen uh, I've seen Mick Foley a few times, man. That dude to me, that dude is so funny. One of the best storytellers, man. I think yeah. that dude. I think I think he's got it, man. And and just 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 you know, I don't know. Like I, I love his book, you know. But but you know, the Rock and Sock connection. That shit was really funny. You know what I mean? I think I think there's there's something more that's happening when some people go up. Sometimes people just want to experience and share a room with that person. And that happens throughout, throughout all sorts of comedy, man. There's, there's, there's people that are like, you know, internet people that are getting booked at places, selling out people that people just want to connect with a person. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I totally get it. And I totally get that, that maybe they haven't made the, jump over to like mainstream comedy stuff or whatever but some of that doesn't matter people people want to see people live you know they want to see people live they want to and they just want to hear a story like i love watching a fucking dude telling a story that might not be the best storyteller but you know it's coming from his heart man like to me that connects to me that's that stuff that that i kind of remember more than you know, I see a lot of comedy, so you know, comedy kind of going one ear, go out the other for me. But, but if I, I hear guess somebody, it's when it's in, yeah, I guess it's when the setting. You know what I mean? Like the, the setting, I think, has something to do with it. Like, for example, I don't find the poop humor that Vince finds funny. Do you know what I mean? I think that's terrible. But I get something it's like a new day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, but I, but I, but you know, like with stuff that the new day is doing that, you know, is kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I feel that's fun. Is there a chance that your promotion is going to touch on anything humorous? I mean, you're doing a live show. I, I have to be, because I know with the first narrative feature, I'm like, man, this is pretty, it's kind of fucking depressing. But uh, with the second one, you know, we added in like 2.0 came in and kind of provided the old man Muppet perspective from sitting in the balcony and kind of like <laughs> telling tell the stories and comedy is necessary 
in, in an entertaining way. And probably the funniest dude I know, his name's Bill Carr. We call him William within the narrative. He's a big fat drunk that's like trying to die all the time. Like, I don't need to write jokes or I don't need him to like, let's, you know, I just need to put the camera on and say something to him and then he'll just start going. And it's fucking magic. And I don't know how that's a guy like that hasn't been missed on so many times. So yeah, there'll be comedy comedy in a sense that like it's, it's funny and engaging and it's not morning. Oh, you, 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 <laughs> Oh, he tripped on a banana peel walking into the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Janela does that stuff where he's like, gets like, he's getting like, he gets like people that are shaped like dicks to come out. And like, I find that shit humorous. And, but am I, but am, am I laughing? But am I watching, you know, like, what I love about the cinematography that you guys are doing and, and, and the, and the first feature was what was on the, what was on the mat that was kind of, kind of popping a little bit, that white uh, powder. In- I think it was, I think we used way too much, but in the first one, it was, uh, what my, my boy, JC co-creator calls grit because he was watching Bronson and, uh, <laughs> and Tom Hardy was doing, you know, the, the nude fighting. So if you love dicks, you know, it's like uncircumcised <laughs> flapping around while he's fighting in this movie Bronson, but they're in this jail cell. There was like shit all over the ground. And like every time someone landed, it kind of popped up. So I would have done a little bit less, but I liked it. And then it was kind of distracting too, because it's the first time we're lighting, we're shooting. Like, we don't know shit. We're making it up. Like, we have a couple ideas, watched a couple of YouTube videos, but it was so self made that, you know, there's a giant spotlight in your face half the time. And I'm like, this sucks. We suck. But, you know, you, you have to try and you have to learn. And I think this is big with comedy too, where you're talking about people that are famous on talk bullshit, persons doing a stand up comedy show having a, a decent sized house because of their following they've never failed at it you have to fail especially at something like wrestling or comedy to understand how to excel at it or learn from those mistakes and be good and once you have kind of a, a reputation like even a, a doll for a foley they already have a built-in fan base so people are gonna check them out they never failed at stand-up comedy because they've never done it they're just trying it and yeah. without failure you mm-hmm. don't you know proceed so now that you have, you know, obviously your own promotion and, and, you know, you're in charge of all the creative and, and all of that stuff. Are you watching the other promotions now, you know, the impact and the AW and w, WWE to see what they're doing and how they're doing it. So, um, you know, to help you create your own storylines that are, you know, unique. And do, what do you think? My, my other question is, do you think that there's too much like, story being developed within the show like i went to aw last week and you know there was parts of the show in you know the two-hour tv tape portion where you know there's a guy in ring for 10 minutes just babbling about something you know and i I thought that kind of got old you know do you what do you take inspiration from any of that i i stopped using wrestling as inspiration because part of creating this thing and being different i feel like it will ruin my ability to create and it's not good. I don't like it. I like, I'm one of the biggest wrestling fans in the world. I'm having a tough time watching any of it. I just don't know because I've been doing it so long and I'm desensitized or the business has like been so there's been so much bad, even though I've had a great career and I'm creating a great thing that I'm still like bitter about it, but watching it is I'm not watching it for inspiration. I'll watch it. If somebody says, check this out. It was pretty good. But the thing with like the AEW 10 minute segment, you know, you're filling a lot of, there's a lot of filler time when these guys have two hours this day, three hours this day, one hour this day. There's so much to fill that sometimes you just got to throw something out there and not everything could have the depth and context you would if they were like what I wanted to do, which is like an eight to 10 episode season. So only the, only the stuff that matters we can use within an hour frame. Um, that's why I want it to be different too, because if you like that, if you like the typical promotion, you know, ring announcers, commentators, fans in the building, big, big lights, everybody's doing that championships. Even everybody's already doing that. Like maybe there's a, a niche for something different that speaks to people because talent and 
wrestlers, like no matter what, this is what I really think lacks within wrestling is uh, the emotion behind the performers and the talent feeling the emotion. I think that's been far gone because everybody is kind of in a hive mind doing the same things because A, they're either afraid to step out and be different or B, they're afraid to step out because they'll get fired or C, it's very easy to become complacent, especially when you have a guaranteed contract. Yeah, bro. I feel the same way. Like just, I think artists just probably go through that, man. That's why like my heart's out to John. Like you got to watch more comedy than anybody, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I, at a certain point, yeah, exactly. Like at a certain point, it's how much am, how much time do I have in a day to consume? And then how much time do I have to put out? And I think you're at a point right now where obviously you're putting out badass shit. And the only way you're able to do that is to focus more on the put out than the consume stuff. You know, obviously if like one of your friends is like, yo, you got to check this out. Maybe you'll check it out or whatever. Yeah. But at a certain point it becomes toxic to consume too much. Right. You, you would agree. I would a hundred percent agree. It becomes toxic to consume so much. And at the same time, I noticed that with fans too, because the fans that mm-hmm. like are truly watch so much of be who's beeping there's a toxicity in just how they talk about it and i don't know if it's just everybody has a voice on social media now and everybody has an opinion and everybody's to share with you it, it is it is toxic when it's too much i i just if i don't like something i don't go out of my way to talk about it non-stop to people i don't know <laughs> i say that's not for me whatever yeah now, and the thing with wrestling too yeah i was gonna say a thing with wrestling too is that oh shit now i lost my train of thought because i cut you off i got it back i got it back when you do when we do something new within wrestling it's immediately going to be scorned or disliked or ignored because it's different so it just takes a right people to like be like well no actually check it out it's hard for somebody to watch something they don't get and i'm sure there's people checking our stuff out that are killing me online watch 40 seconds of one thing i it sucks you're the loser i hope you fail like what would you watch i watched 30 seconds of that it's easier to dislike something instead of think about it differently. And that's, that's just fucking culture, man. And it's 100%. And that's, and that's the internet, bro. I've always said this, man. I think the internet is just the fucking bathroom wall at a gas station. You know what I mean? Do you want to read, do you want to read all that shit? You know what I mean? It's just the, There's a, there, real fast. There's this like sec of fans coming at us for whatever. They're all like in a group. It's very interesting. But uh, I announced, say hey, we sold out our general mission, but I have VIP packages still available. And I just said, I'm adding a rant room to the VIP package where you, the person that likes to yell and cuss at me online, come to the show and I'll give you three minutes of consequence free yelling at whoever you want to yell. You can just go in a room and yell. You want to yell at Adam share? Call him a piece of shit. Come on in. Come on in. You're, like cowards won't do that. And granted, yeah, I'm trying to take a hundred bucks from him too. So I get points. <laughs> but I would do it. I would do it for free. I would do it for free. In fact, I probably will offer the free rant room and see how many of these people said ran on the bathroom wall would say it to me knowing I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit there and take it. I can take the arrows. I can take the slings. I don't care because at the end of the day, no person who's ever done anything has spent their day yelling at somebody else about something online that they're doing, I, you know, like, absolutely. Right? I, I think that's very clever. I mean, I, I, you know, the funny thing is like our, as a wrestling fan in our fandom, there are those that like go after it, that they're diehard WWE fans or diehard AEW fans. But, you know, as somebody that works in entertainment, it is interesting to watch um, your promotion because it is so different. I love that, that break from the monotony of, you know, if we really look at it, wrestling kind of came about, that whole idea was from the boxing element. It was, you got the announcers there. It's, it's conceived as a real sport. This idea of, um, you know, kind of 
taking it back and like i love this idea that you were kind of like pushing that was like was like the only one that can help yourself uh, help you is yourself and you kept on kind of saying that throughout there it doesn't matter about religion and it was just like it was almost this battle cry and yes it harkened back to the the fight club stuff but at the end of the day it was like this idea that yeah this is you're controlling your narrative this is your storylines this is what you want to do and you've got and i know you're not gonna take credit for it but i mean you've got two great people one in impact and one in the NWA right now that is absolutely smashing it and killing it right now. And I know you're not going to pat yourself on the back about it, EC3, but it almost seems like this is like a new launching pad of you because everybody's like, oh, you recreate yourself in the Indies. But maybe this yeah. is the platform that people recreate themselves in and then go on. I'm, to- I'm totally going to slap myself in the back because that was kind of the idea and the concept I had. Like, especially before we became something that might actually be in a sense, a promotion with the television deal. The idea was to create these ourselves and you become who you want to be. This is your reinvention tool that you could take anywhere. And obviously I have a lot of talent that I love and are super talented coming in and working with us. But the same day, maybe, you know, somebody calls them and says, Hey, we're going to give you this much to, you know, come to my, corporation i'm gonna say good for you congratulations take what you did here and i hope it sees tv because that just makes our shit look cooler too if a fan discovers oh my god he took that from there look at that now it's on tv so but i will also be on tv so maybe i can offer contracts someday but yeah that's the idea so when when does the announcement actually come out on where the what tv it'll be on uh probably this week um there was some sort of online rumor that it was this crazy right-wing conspiracy network that was uh, launching us, and it was interesting, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, I think it's this week. I just don't want to jump on the thing, but I do tell you this, because I haven't promoted it once, and we need the hands on deck for this one, is uh, 331 Dallas, Control Your Narrative, Awakening, Dallas, Texas, WrestleMania weekend, Gillies, Southside South Side Music Hall, whatever, 8 o'clock before the show, the network is having a live press conference announcing who they are, why they're there, and how they're going to change how wrestling is consumed for us. That's yes. awesome. I'm so excited for that. I love the idea that you're going to be taking it also to Dallas, you know, right on the, on the, on the, right before, you know, the big weekend as, as they call it. Um, I'm excited. Do you, uh, do you get a chance to like catch up with some old friends uh, when you're down there? Dude, I don't have friends. (laughs) 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 Uh, I think, I think after, I don't know. I'm such a hands-on, worrywart, neurotic um, psycho that until you sound, like that, you sound like a comic. Sound like a comic. Until that until that show is completed <laughs> and everybody is made right, I probably won't be able to relax. And then here's the problem too with probably people like us is you accomplish something that's cool or something great. It, it's hard to even have a moment going. All right. I'm trying to make myself better at this. Have the moment and be happy it was done because you're immediately thinking what's next. There's no way to live, man. Yeah. <laughs> what's next. I mean, it is, but it's also, you have to remember it's about the moments. Like if you're creating emotion and moments for fans, you should take some moments for yourself and be proud of what you were able to do with a great, great team of people. Absolutely, bro. Hey, let me ask you a question real quick. Just as like a a comic wanting a tip from you, from you, EC3. Like, if you're on the road, like, should I just go to the grocery store before I go on the road and get like some chicken breast and some broccoli or something? Like, what do you what do you recommend if I want to, you know, take some steps or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, I'm so glad you asked because now I can actually. One thing I'm bad at is marketing and selling all the shit I do. But check this out. If you go to join.freeec3.com, the number three, I have a nutrition and training app that tells you what to eat, how to work out, when to eat it. Like we make it all for you. You give me a rundown of all your, you know, injuries and diseases and whatever. And I'm like, I'm not a doctor, but here's what I think. Send it to you. But it also has this uh, restaurant locator. So most 
mainstream restaurants are available on my app where you could therefore, oh, you know, I need to get 40 grams of protein and 60 grams of clean carbs. Oh, here's a Quiznos. I don't know why I said Quiznos. They suck. <laughs> but you can find something through the, through the menu, through the menu option that would fit what you oh. require uh, for myself. Yeah. Actually, like going to, if you're going to be on the road for a couple of days, if you land and hit a grocery store, you're just going to be better prepared. Preparation's the key. And like, sometimes I check a bag, this dumbass giant cooler where I have plastic baggies of all the meals I made back at home that I oh, freeze wow. them. And then when I travel with them, <laughs> uh, it's insane. I do not, I do not have a girlfriend. I wonder why. It's the cooler of food. Bro, that website needs to be on every like comedian like group. Like that sounds amazing. Like because I'm a restaurant guy. So that's what's amazing is that you you have these like life hacks for these restaurants. Like, hey, look, if you have to go to an Applebee's, there's what you gotta get. You know what I mean? Like that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that. For sure. I'll, hit me up and I want you to try it and like give me some feedback and then you sell it to the comedians. It'll be good. But if you use the promo code AWAKE, you get the first month free. So if you hate it, then you can, you don't have to worry about it. So that's cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, thank you. I'm, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to lose like three pounds of face fat. So I'm thinking one month I could do that and I'll probably be a lifelong subscriber, man. I love that. Bro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I bet you, yeah. If you change up just a little bit and you took like, two or three more walks throughout the week. Like <laughs> so yeah, you'll drop that quick. Cool. Cool, man. So speaking of food, we usually end on a, a food note. So John, you want to, um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. EC three eats fucking clean. It seems like, but I want to ask what is your cheat meal? I live for the cheat meal and I have it once every maybe one kind of clean one every week and then every other week or so after that, like a just bonanza, absolute chaos. Uh, <laughs> so if it's a normal week, like, like this week, I'll probably do six, six to seven sushi rolls um, after leg day. Okay. So that'll be cool. And then, then I'm starving afterwards. So then I kind of dip into my halo top. I keep in the freezer just for a little bit of taste. But if I'm going off, like, and I do, and when I go off, I go into a food coma. I, turn, I, I take all my shit. I get all my shit. I take it to go. I bring it to my place. Turn off the lights. Light a candle. Seance. Like, <laughs> and like burger, fries. You know, I eat. You know, I eat steak, so it's not like steak's not a cheat, but like, and then whatever the, whatever the fuck, like there's this donut shop and I have about four to six of those or like the cookie, the new cookie place. <laughs> and I can do okay if I stay away from dairy, but ice cream's awesome too. But yeah, like I'm not afraid to have a full blown fucking uh, shit fest, boys. <laughs> oh, what do you drink with that burger? Do you like bubbles? Do you do like a carbonated water? Do you do like, like yeah. Coke? Like what do you what do you drink? What do you drink with that burger? I, I do I rarely drink pop or soda, whichever you gentlemen would call it. But I will have a diet Dr. Pepper with it. Right on. That's your move. Got it. Understandable. Understandable. That's solid. That is solid. How much water do you drink a day? Probably a gallon and a half to two. All right. So just constantly pissing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Old old man prostate issues coming. Like I'm constantly peeing. I've had to pee the whole time. Do you, when you, for working out, do you take any supplements? Yeah, like. Wait, did you guys ask him if he just juiced? <laughs> no, I know. I'm curious. No, I don't know. <laughs> I've never taken anything that was doctor prescribed. I assure you. Okay. <laughs> Supplementation. Here's an interesting thing because it's such a market, and we're going to be launching supplements. And I work with plenty of companies. Uh, Are you revitalizing of- Echo Pro? Holy shit! Buy, buy, buy six jugs of mass gainer and you get a free uh, stringer tank top. <laughs> <laughs> Supplementation is actually very easy and basic. So like creatine works and I take a ton of glutamine. But the biggest improvement I made was supplementation that I never realized. That's kind of what made me look from like really good to fucking awesome was when I figured out how to 
take digestive supplementation to the next level. Right. And that's just as easy as betamine, HCL, like in glutamine, apple cider vinegar, and maybe a good digestive enzyme. And I take that about three or four times a day. Shit, great. Always lean. It assimilates all the other things. Right. I mean, a good pre- all the pre-workouts are pretty similar. Good tasting protein. I mean, I make a lot of meals with the extra protein in it. So I like ISO pure. Excuse me. No, I don't. I like Astro Flav ISO mix. They're good. <laughs> yes, they pay me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like plenty of supplements. But also, if you're not taking supplements, I don't think you have anything to worry about because they kind of. They're, they're like a kickstart. They're not going to make or break you. Sometimes having the routine of taking a supplement makes you, you know, it's a placebo effect too that yeah. I'm going to work out or I'm being healthy. Absolutely. Do, do, do you feel like men's multivitamins do shit? Should I be taking men's multivitamins? <laughs> I ran out. And I was like, should I re-up this? Like, what's going I, on? Yeah, I think if you get any of these multivitamins from, like, if you're any normal store or, like, mainstream multivitamin, I think they're very diluted mm. with uh, just everything. So I would almost suggest solo taking a few of the select vitamins, like vitamin C, vitamin D3, a good fish oil. Sometimes I'm seeing people don't take fish oil. Uh, yeah, CQ10 is good. Those are all health-based. Something for your liver would be great, especially with the amount you probably drink because you're comedians, right? <laughs> yeah. John. John. Uh, what? I, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you, that, like, uh, based off of this, I promise I won't call my coke dealer at least a week. I mean, I want to no, be, I wanna no, be no, healthy. Wait, what? <laughs> There's no calories in that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. DC three is such a cool one percenter. I fucking love. It. <laughs> That's the promo that I always wanted to see. Is EC three just doing lines of blow up of fucking girls' tits, oh. just being like, I am the one percent, and just dousing himself with champagne. <laughs> No, no calories in this. Well, there's calories in champagne. So. Uh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> All right. Well, on, on, on that note. I'm my, I'm, my, I'm my own boss. So I could keep making jokes, but at the same time, every thing I'm saying is weight and measured. So. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, uh, EC3, I know your birthday is coming up. Happy birthday. Congratulations on the of general admission. Um, uh, on uh, right live in Orlando, guys. Fucking go, go to the website. EC, where can we go to go check out everything about uh about March fifth and uh March thirty first? Okay, well, controlyournarrative.co, not dot com dot co, because I couldn't afford the M because I'm still so fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an eight thousand dollar difference. <laughs> we can do a GoFundMe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sponsor the M. I'm gonna sponsor the M. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. If you do that, I will share. That's amazing. And I'm already getting killed online the people by people that hate me for no reason. So it's okay. It'll be funny. It's the gimmick. Uh, FreeEC3.com is my personal website, which is basically unupdated. Join.FreeEC3.com. That's the app. I really, if you can check it out, give it a shot. Give me feedback. It's cool. Hitting me up on Instagram is probably the best way because I avoid Twitter like the plague. And then Facebook. Um, I'm sick of seeing my mom post shit all the time. So... At, at the real EC3 on all those Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. I think we just launched to control your narrative TikTok. I won't get on of it because I don't trust propaganda, but control your narrative <laughs> on TikTok. I put, I, I put two nerds on it and they're killing it. They're absolutely killing it. Control your narrative on it. Yeah, but <laughs> at the real EC3, control your narrative.co. 331 Dallas, Texas. If you're coming down for WrestleMania weekend, come check us out. I can promise one thing is that everybody will be talking about the show afterwards. Am I going to wow. promise you the best show? No. I mean, it probably will be. Am I going to promise you the best match of the night? No. But I'm going to promise you that everyone's going to be talking about it because everyone's talking about us now. And controversy creates 
cash. EC3, you have given some of the best advice I've ever heard. And if you don't know how to do anything, just put fucking two nerds on it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best advice I've ever put two nerds on. I don't know how to do that. I can put two nerds on. It's going to be fun. I don't know what a trending song is. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, and I'm, I met like these people too. What's cool about what we're doing is everybody within the narrative, like kind of like we met via happenstance. And there's so many stories from like people, not even the wrestlers, but like um, my kid, Eric Knoll, who's like doing production, just graduating UCF, like the story of his life and how he wound up a wrestling fan. All of a sudden, we're in the same barbershop. Next thing you know, he's sitting there editing like me and Matt Cardona. He's like, what the hell just happened? And now he's like getting full time work. And that's so fucking cool. And now, yeah. And also doing my TikTok or I do an interview last week with some wrestling fans. And this guy's like, I have 500,000 followers on TikTok. And I go, <laughs> want a job <laughs> I'll help you out and I'm like even better so, yeah. a lot of cool shit oh, amazing amazing yeah. Greg any last words sir no I mean that, there's just a lot to unpack in this 52 <laughs> minutes so I, 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 I got some good, uh, good good supplement tips though so I'm, I'm super psyched that uh, we got those uh, all right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. EC3, thank you so much. Chase, thank you so much. And of course, the very funny Greg. Thank you. Thanks, we love guys. you. Good hey, luck. Can, you bring, can I go to Dallas? Go. Can you bring me to Dallas, please? I want to go to see Dallas. Yeah, man. <laughs> you get yourself... If you get yourself to Dallas, I'll put us. I'll put you on a set before the show. How about that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then your so you're, you're, everyone will, everybody will really be talking about because, hey, did you hear about that hate crime and Asian crime? Everybody just hated beat the fuck out of them. He's like, oh yeah, it happened at EC3 and Adam's thing. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we'll see you next time on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Here, thanks, thanks, everybody. Man. Thanks, EC3. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> <laughs>